Here we go. Here we go. Good evening. A little gunship. A little gunship, perhaps. Anyhow, it's not a rainy night, but it feels like one. Over here in New York, it is a uh, it's a crisp 59 degrees. It's overcast, but there is no rain. Doesn't seem like there's going to be rain for the rest of the week. Actually, I think there might be rain on Saturday or something like that. But for now, it has been uh, it's been pretty picturesque. And I hope that you're you're ready for a full night of really nice topics. I can't wait to take some calls and and do some stuff. We're going to be talking a little bit about customs and traditions, especially holiday customs and traditions around the fall, Halloween, that whole area right there. Um, so I have a thread that is up on Quite Frankly TV right now. You can go to the forum. And uh, it should be one of the more active threads that is uh, strange customs, anything, traditions that you have, whether it be regional or whether it be with your circle of friends and family or if it's ethnic or anything like that. I'd love to hear about it. We'll cover that at some point tonight, uh, probably at the bottom of the first hour, and then we'll get into all of your call, most of your calls and your, your submissions in the second hour. But I also want to revisit the concept of film therapy. Because, as I expected, we got a couple of great emails last night, and I'm sure many of you were thinking about what you would prescribe as a film for people with very specific ailments or situations that they're going through in life, whether it be to enhance positive feelings, gratitude, uh, if they're on a faith journey, or if there's some sort of a challenge or th- that they're facing. I don't know. Films, storytelling, you know, that is something that we all need. That is something that mankind has needed since the time that it, uh, we started gathering around fires and telling stories. Telling stories about ancestors, telling stories about great trials and tribulation and triumph. So, that's what we're going to be doing tonight a little bit. It should be good. And, and to start off, I actually, I'm going to get on the phone soon with Pat and Gina from Blue Monster Prep. I, I said to myself, you know what? It's been a long time since they've been on, and I know that they have a really interesting legal battle going on with their former home state of uh, of California. They have brought their business and their family into Texas, and uh, but but California is not like not letting go of their ankles. So, uh, since they're so close to the audience and they are good friends, I wanted to bring them on for the first time in what it feels like maybe two years. And, uh, and talk to them for five to ten minutes in the opening here in just a couple of minutes. So let's just get through with our our rest of our uh, announcements over here. Tomorrow night, I did a pre-interview today with Rachel Wilson. It's going to be such a great interview tomorrow. We're going to be talking about first wave feminism. Uh, it Was that the best feminism? We're going to be talking about suffrage. We're talking about uh, witchcraft. It's going to be a really, really great show tomorrow night. Do not miss it. I've got a ton of notes I took from my conversation with her today on the phone, so I don't have to do too much writing tomorrow, actually. Um, everything, you know, pop follow-up questions, those just arrive on their own. But it, it'll be a really nice one, and then I can't wait to hear some of the audience reaction on the other side. Uh, and then on Friday, the 20th, Matt will be in studio. We'll be chilling. 
I have a couple of things I want to do on Friday night. You know, tonight we're talking about str- customs and traditions. I have a very obscure old book at home. It's small. It's small enough to be considered a pamphlet, actually. And, you know, we talked about Scotland a little bit uh, the other night when we brought, uh, last night when we brought up depression rates and, you know, uh, who's consuming the most antidepressants per capita. And I have this book. It's been in my possession for years now. It is called, I mean, Odd Customs and Traditions in Scotland. Uh, Jerry will like this. Jerry from from Scotland will will enjoy this uh, greatly. He'll he probably might even know some of these, but they might be so old that he he never knew. But I've got I don't know. It, it, it might came money came from my my cousin Sherry. She she gifts things like that. It could have come from her. But I'm gonna save that for Friday night with a few other items that I think Matt will uh, appreciate. And they are weird. They are strange. And hopefully they'll inspire some more calls as an addendum to what we do here tonight. So, uh, so that's what we got going on. Uh, let me see what else do I have. That's, um, that's, that's really all. I want to get into some, maybe one or two grab bag things after we talk to Pat and Gina. So, you know what? Let's not even waste their time anymore. Let's just bring them on because I want, I, it's been so long since they've been on. Pat and Gina, you guys there? Do you hear me? Hi, Frank. Oh, you do. You do. Hold on a second. First, I can't stop this damn music. Wait. There you go. Wrong tab. You know when the tabs just kind of, they're they're doing spookiness on you? You don't know where it's coming from? Just happened to me. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. You know, it's been a while since you've been on, and I remember, I don't know if if this was an issue with you. You guys might, last time you were on, you were still California operation. Is that correct? No, we we had just moved to Texas when we came on the show last time. Okay, we had, we had no idea the freight train that was coming. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then then and that is what we have to talk about here. I want to know just because there's a lot of people out there that that think about this constantly, especially relocating. You guys not only relocated your personal lives, but you brought your business with you, and um. I'll, you know, whereas a lot of people have escaped blue states, you rarely hear about how blue states latch onto their ankles and try to drag you back. What is going on right now? Yeah, they're trying to claw back. They're trying to claw us back. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah. Funny thing happened, Frank. When, uh, you know, and you're right. A lot of people. There is literally like a mass migration from blue states to red states because people are just trying to escape. And and we certainly wanted to do that. Unfortunately, a lot of people we talk to, a lot of a lot of the audience would love to move as well, but sometimes they have uh, parents where they don't want to leave them, or children who got married and had babies. So we we picked our window and did it while we got while the getting was good. <laughs> I can imagine. You know, I, and that is something that I actually saw today uh, on the Wall Street Journal. Uh, for like maybe the five minutes that it was not behind a paywall. So I, I was going to grab it for tonight, then I couldn't. But it was talking about how prepping, not to get away from what's going on with you guys, I want to hear the update on that, but it's talking about how prepping, w- which was once something that you would you would get from either, you know, um, the people who were, I, don't know, the, I guess, conspiracy theorists waiting for doomsdays and everything like that, whether it be rural life or anything, how it's starting to make a comeback, and it's so very very pronounced inside of urban 
and suburban areas where people are just seeing instability everywhere on every front, financially, geopolitically, uh, resource-based, whatever, and and, and they're grabbing everything they can. Are, are you seeing that? Uh, you Obviously, you're seeing where things are being shipped to. So is it is it a lot more urban, suburban on your end? Well, I, I think people really understand that. But here here's the challenge, Frank. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we've been fighting a legal challenge for two and a half years with the state of California. But the reality is everybody's getting hammered, right? Just vis-a-vis the cost of inflation, everything's more expensive. So what would be called discretionary spending for a lot of people is gone. People who have means, absolutely, you should be making those moves. And even if you don't have the means, when you go to the store and things are on sale, grab a couple extra cans while you're there. So there's always things that you can do. Hmm. Okay, so so then uh, Gina, Pat, what exactly is California doing, uh, or what did they do as you left, and what are they saying? How are you being tied up right now? So I remember packing up our bags, and we were like still like putting tape on boxes, and we got a horrible phone call from the state of California, letting us know that they would like to conduct a, a, a what do you call it a, a full blown audit. Full blown audit. Oh, and so we're like, are you, are you kidding? We're we're, we're packing our bags. We're trying to leave. What are you talking about? We paid for really good CPAs. What are you talking about? We don't. It was it was shocking. So it's funny, Frank. You know when the full blown audit came? When it was right after we filed for dissolution of our LLC in the state of California. Because anybody who's leaving the state, even if you don't have a company, you have to separate all ties. You can't keep any residences, any any uh, anything in storage. Yeah. If there's anything that ties you to the state, you even have to call the DMV to disconnect your registration with the state. And if not, they're threatening to tax you for 10 years just on personal taxes. As a resident, but even though you've left. Yeah, this has nothing to do with the business. But yeah, as soon as we filed for dissolution of our LLC and moved it to the state of Texas and formed a new company so we could separate ourselves from California, imagine that we get a full-blown audit as a going-away present <laughs> from the state of California. Yeah. So. So essentially what they can and are probably trying to do with a lot of profitable businesses that are seeing that, hey, you know what, why are we working so much just to have all of our money stolen and wasted? They're putting Mm -hmm. you guys in a position where if they get their way, they can continue collecting taxes for you for another decade. Forever. We still do business in California. So it's just, it's just, they're they're not they're not going to let go of no. us. And they, I mean, here here here's here's a simplified version of what we're fighting. California literally. So there there is something called the rule of law. Yet you have an army of twenty five thousand attorneys, unlimited resources to come after businesses. And here's here's the reality. They are hemorrhaging because of their horrendous policies. And you pick your state, right? New York, New Jersey, Illinois. It doesn't matter. Uh, they're all they're all horrendous. Uh, so what happens is they go in and they serve a notice of determination. And if you don't, if they deem whatever they deem, and there's not even a statute for what they're doing, they literally just disallowed eighty percent 
of our of our resales. And if you know, as far as businesses go, when you buy goods and services from companies, and that's what we do, and then we resell them to our lovely, frankly, audience, uh, you know, that's 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 a non-taxable event. Well, the state of California said, no, we don't think so. We think that 80% of those sales are actually taxable because we have deemed it so. Yeah. And here's the tax bill that's six figures. Yeah. Oh, and guess what? While you're fighting our rules and regulations that have no basis in law, because there's no statute for what they're doing, and this is what two teams of attorneys have told us, yet here we are with a six-figure tax bill uh, collecting uh, um, penalties and interest over two and a half years, and they they literally just run the clock out on you. That's what happens. And and when 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 you you give them everything that you're supposed to give them, all the documentation, and and it I mean just just imagine you you know this Frank because remember one month we were you know Frank obviously you you're you, um, you know, we sponsor the show only because your audience is so wonderful. We, we can't sponsor you without the support of the audience. Well, Frank actually needs to be paid as well. That's how this works. So remember the month that the, uh, the, the state of California came in and ordered the bank to surrender our business account and they confiscated the assets without notification? That's how the state of California rolls. You yeah. think you have, you're, you're doing okay? Oh no. no. Oh no, that everything's gone. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's, that's how they operate. And even though we've supplied everything that they've asked for after three months of, of just uh, delay and delay, then they told us, oh, no, we're throwing all that out. So, still owe us this and more. So then what, what, what are you, just to, to wrap this up, what are your lawyers saying? What's the, pro, what's at the, is there a light at the end of the tunnel? And how is business uh, going in Texas as far as, uh, you know, it, it, are they still monitoring the business that you're doing in Texas, claiming that that is, uh, they have a right to that as well? No, they don't touch that. Well, that's that's a separate issue that okay. we haven't got to yet. Okay, so we're then what are you? Talk, we're talking about a three-year period in in California. Okay, but yeah, they'll 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 never let go. They'll never let go. We're, we we literally had to file for appeal with the state of California. We got a new attorney team, and everything's just a last minute because the way California operates is they delay, delay, delay. And then they say, and you have 10 days to file notice. And so it, it puts you in the most horrendous position possible. And if you don't have attorneys, you literally get destroyed. So this is this is something that, you know, we, we talk with lots of the Frankly audience and other folks as well. There's so many business owners, Frank, restaurateurs who've had their family businesses for decades. Just beautiful businesses, just completely destroyed. Yeah. And if you're not destroyed, then they come after you with regulation and just and and, and, and if you if you don't fight, it's 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 over. And we don't have the pockets of Elon Musk. We can't, you know. So it really is uh, incredibly challenging for a small family company because you you know we're we're just uh, you know trying to trying to take care of our customers and do the right thing. And um, th this this is literally how. 
each one of these state agencies is working. We're we're hoping that in the appeal process that there is going to be something called rule of law that still exists where we can actually get this dismissed and just move on with our lives. But that's that's where we're at. But they say that the process is the penalty that we're we're dealing with. Oh yeah, that's a great that's a great way of putting it. The process is the penalty. You know, right. even if you get through the end of it, as long as you went through, you got dragged through the mud, and you've been uh, exhausted in more than you know more than a few ways, and then they're then they're happy that they left their mark on you. Um, mm-hmm. Well, well, I, I can't. I, I want to keep up with that because, of course, we always wish you well, and you do well by us and everybody in the audience too. So before we go, uh, Gina, why don't we start with you? Tell the audience what's available at BlueMonsterPrep.com as we get closer. To not only the holidays, but an eerily, eerily unpredictable election year. Uh, so you, you just don't know. Go right ahead. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I, he's the, he actually talks to most of the customers. I do the fancy stuff, Frank. I write the thank you cards. I come in. I'm quick and witty, and then I dip out. Patrick is the guy that does this, actually. So I'm gonna have to pass that baton. Pat, you go, and then she'll give us the, the she'll give us the thank you card when we leave. That's right. Okay. So, you know, I I just want to say this, Frank. First of all, we love you, Frank. You are absolutely the best. It It is such an honor to be able to sponsor this show. We think it's so important to sponsor independent voices like yours. And we couldn't do this without the support of the audience. So we just, to everybody watching out there, we have had the most amazing conversations with y'all. We're in Texas now, right? Out out there. It's just, it's just, and, and the audience is so smart and so fun. And it's just when when you guys call, it's the highlight of our day. So don't be afraid to call. Don't think it's like <laughs> a weird thing. Like, oh my gosh, you know, no, we're just regular people. So give us a call, yeah. and call. we'll walk you through whatever your situation is. And you know what? Everybody's in a different situation. So y- y- if you're not sure what to do, give us a call. And if you just flat out don't want to talk to us, just go to the website. We have a getting started page. It's really easy, but just give us a call. And you know what? Our favorite time to call you is actually in the evening. Frankie, when people freak out when we call, they can't believe we're calling them at like seven or eight o'clock. We'll call you back. We'll track you down. So, so yeah, we'll find. So anyway, um, but, but you know what? It just depends on, on where you're at. A lot of people actually, have done such a good job, Frank. You know what they're you know who they're looking out for? They're looking out for all their knucklehead family members who they know have done absolutely nothing. I was doing that's you, that's where I'm at. And you know who's gonna need the help? They are. Yeah. So a lot of times it's like, oh, they're the ones who need to get the water filtration in the emergency food and you know the walkie-talkies like you're using up in the adirondacks and that kind of stuff but you know uh, everybody's so unique and different and if you're not sure seriously just give us a call we we absolutely love talking to the audience well i appreciate everybody i'll tell you when it comes to uh audience feedback that comes to me it's always been it's always been fantastic about the response and the quality of conversations and of course you guys have have said many times in the past how you're actually qualified and certified to train a lot of uh, people in how to use much of the equipment that's on the site. So there is always that added value there. Pat, Gina, thank you. Gina, give give us a big flowery goodbye at least. Okay. Um, dear Franklies, we are so grateful that you would 
Uh, well, I don't, I'm terrible. I don't, I, I don't. I can write it. I can write it. I can't it's called it. pressure. It's pressure. <laughs> love, we love you guys. We can't do any of this without you. And, and, and the audience is a, is a reflection of how wonderful Frank is. And we're just so grateful that we get to actually interact with you guys and that we get to, let, to talk to the lovely Frank occasionally. It's wonderful, too. And just thank you guys. And it's we're all, we're all together. This is all one big team. And so we're all here to help, e help each other and love one another and support one another. So thank you. I got to kick in one more thing. Last time, Dina wrapped up by saying, Hey, we love Aurora, you know, and that goes without saying we love Lauren and Aurora and the whole family, but there, there's something I would just want to say to your audience. Okay. Then this is, this is uh, sort of a separate note, but you know what? A lot of people call us Frank and, and um, you, you listen to you every night. It's seriously like coming home. Mm -hmm. It's oh. like family. It's... And so when, when people call us, a lot of times they feel really isolated. So I just, I want to talk to the audience for a second on this one. You, you know what? You're not alone. Mm -hmm. We're part of a big family. Okay. We're supposed to encourage each other. That's what we're supposed to do. And you know what? Just, we want you guys to hang in there. Don't get discouraged. You know, when you look at the media and it's just filled with lies and you just, I mean, it's like, is this even real anymore? Just know that you're not alone. And, you, you know, you have loved ones that need you. So we just want to encourage you to hang in there and that we're all part of this together. And keep talking right. to each other in the chats, support each other, be good to each other, love on each other, because, you know, our days aren't promised. So you know, just be encouraged in that and know that you're not alone and um, you guys uh, call us anytime, okay? Well, so thanks so much, Frank. We love you, buddy. Thank you, thank you, and God bless you both. God bless you, you too, Frank. All Bye. right, take care. There you go, Pat and Gina, bluemonsterprep.com. They've become good, I've become uh, good friends of theirs and they become good friends of mine and hopefully the same for all of you. Based on the emails I get, that's the case. Well, that was really nice. All right, all right, let's jump into our, uh, Let's jump into the show. I'll say whatever I had for the grab bag, maybe for later on or something like that. But we have a lot of fun to be had. So gather around. Oh, oh, I think I tweeted out the links. I didn't share them anywhere else. So do me a favor. Wherever you're watching this right now, whether it's live or some other time, hit the share button. Send it to somebody you think would enjoy it. And, uh, and be a part of tonight's show. You know how they said, hey, call up Blue Monster Prep. Give us a call. Tonight, I'm hoping that a lot of you give me a call. It'll be warranted. All right. We'll be right back. I'm a little weenie looking for a bun. Just a teeny weenie, itty bitty one. If I keep on cooking, I'll be overdone. Pickle and onion, hot dog. stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's rock!
how y'all doing? All right, so um, I'm going to save most of what I had for the grab bag for another time, but I, I do want to do two quick things, two, two quick uh, media hits. The first one is from France. Here is a French nun who has gone viral in France after tackling a climate activist who tried to block the construction of a new church due to the church's carbon footprint. The carbon footprint of the church. Gotta limit the carbon footprint. Look at this badass nun. Cross. Take him now. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. There you go. That's it. Good for her. One more time. Here she comes. You get over here. Taking him down. That's right. Freak. You freak. That's it. Good for her. Badass. And I uh, hope that serves as a uh, as an inspiration to everybody else. Just War Theory. I want to talk about Just War Theory sometime soon. Uh, maybe we can get that nun to call in. I'd need a translator probably, though. Uh, you've probably seen it uh, as, uh, you know, you can't turn on the news. It's, it's nothing but Israel. Bet they love that. Nothing but Israel. Nothing but Palestine. Uh, nothing but one protest here one counter protest there of course uh state houses rotundas capital buildings are all being flooded by either pro or anti-palestinian protesters and of course none of them are going to get 18 to 22 years in prison for insurrection or or obstructing uh, official proceedings and they're not going to be put in solitary confinement for at least a year each that's not going to happen obviously but you know, everybody is uh, is up, and the tensions has uh, have risen across Europe and across the U.S. Everybody's like, "Oh no, is the terror going to come here now? Is the terror going to come here now?" This is just what we're talking about now. No more Ukraine, and uh, Joe Biden, of course. What you like to see in a in a so-called leader is out in Israel right now. Uh, so far, so good. Based, you know, we know that theory that email I had last night. So far, so good. Still doing his thing. Anyway, here he is telling a very compelling story in Israel in the presence of uh, Benjamin Netanyahu. Take a listen to this. You know, uh, years ago I asked the Secretary of State when he and I were working in the Senate to write something for him, and he said uh, he wrote a line that uh, I think is appropriate. He said, uh, it's not, we lead uh, not just... Uh, well, I won't go into it. I'll wait later. Taking too much time. Yeah, you're taking taking too much time. Um, I will enter. I'll, I'll put it to you this way. This is the last thing that I'll do for this segment. Then we're going to move into our main topics for tonight. I will entertain, as you know, all types of theories. All types of theories. When it comes to public figures like Joe Biden, I'll entertain all types of theories about the use of masks, prosthetics, doubles, Clones, I love that stuff. I'll eat it up. Give it to me. I might laugh at some of it, but some of the more well-thought-out ones, I, well, hmm, okay, I'll put that one on the back burner. Let's see how it shakes out. 
But when it comes to Joe Biden in particular, it, it may just be that he is an octogenarian with large portions of his brain missing, the physical brain, who is barely hanging on to consciousness. It may just be that. Because I got to tell you, you could point to wrinkles in his neck and say, look, look, it's a flap on a party city mask. You can, you, can, you can point to all the wrinkles on his neck and tell me that they're seams or whatever the hell else. Go ahead. Point away. But it's the mental incapacitation that is too consistent for this to be actors. It's, it's, it's one doddering old man, to me at least. I mean, I, I understand that there are green screens. There are ways that you can put him into a situation artificially to manage him while he's in a controlled environment. I understand that right there, but I mean, it's the mental incapacitation that really, at least in Joe Biden's situation, makes all of the clone and double and mask stuff seem a little silly. I mean, if you're going to get actors to step in for Joe Biden, why wouldn't they portray a little bit more of a cognitively sharp version of the man? You know what I mean? You know, if a if a wisecracking, sharp, smart Joe Biden shows up, I'd say clone. Or I'd say uh, actor, prosthetic, latex, whatever. I'd be I'd be there right with you. You know, it, 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 we we're talking about the Beatles conspiracy with Mike Williams the last two times that he was on, and uh, you know at least Billy Shears got to play the role of Paul McCartney for fifty years so far. You know, he's a, an impish heartthrob rock star. That's a pretty good deal. If that's true, that's a pretty good deal. Can you imagine having to act? Like Joe Biden every day. <laughs> oh, that's um. First of all, that's just that might be one of those roles. You know how you hear about method actors that go into a role and they get so immersed in it that they they can't leave. They can't leave. That this might be one where it'll damage you forever, and you can't get out of it. Anyway. Uh, okay, so let's see here. Let's go into our our main thing. So last night, just for a little bit, I was on this Study Finds article. So the healing power of film therapy, how watching movies can improve mental health and boost empathy. Now, I got a couple of emails on this, and I want you, I'm going to allow you guys on the main line, you can prescribe to me a movie and tell me what ailment it treats or what, what time on life it, it helps you with or what kind of, you know, what, what does it aid, you know? Is it a suppression? Is it suppression therapy? Is it something else? Who knows? You let me know if you have anything you want to, to prescribe movie-wise. Um, I also asked last night, what will the upcoming generation be nostalgic about in the future? We know what we have. And I said, that's outside of family gatherings, holidays, things that you have control over, the ways that you can really, like the things, Aurora has a very rich life. I don't know how much she remembers, but I do know that uh, there is an imprint being left on her energetically and spiritually right now. And hopefully those feelings become a nostalgic place. Whatever home is to her in the future, this is the the source, the the code, the base coding 
of whatever that is for her. But I'm talking about the things that we look at. You know, when we had a little bit more of a rich, truly diverse culture where it was easier to joke around, to speak our mind, to publish things, you know, it, it was it was daring, it was fun, um, it, it was wild in many ways. It's it's uh, it's a little stifling right now. Obviously, we can be nostalgic for the fight. Um, that that's something. But what about the people who are coming up and this is their childhood? What do you think that's going to be? I'm still open to questions, to answers on that, and suggestions on that. That went hand-in-hand hand with what we were talking about with the Boy Scouts of America last night. Somebody sent me a 2019 Boy Scouts handbook that I guess is the replacement page for what is the You American Boy page that we read last night. And boy, was it just not inspiring at all. It's just like, do you want you know, crave adventure with your buddies? Grab your backpack and go on a trail and the adventure awaits. Nothing. Just okay. Whatever. It's far more of an adventure to have the onus put on you to go into the next frontier of American history and be the people who carry that nation one day and to prepare for the day when it's it's your it's your country to lead and you're bringing up the new generation. That's that's an adventure. Life. That's a life. I'm going to go on a trail today and look at all the ivy. You know, what the who the fuck cares? But, you know, that's what living in a um, in a sterile environment is all about. So that's why I say what is there to be nostalgic about in the future? And I hopefully we have some uh, Gen Zers that are out there that want to call in. But here is a email. Well, one of them that we'll we'll work off of and then we'll start taking some calls. This is, hey, man, your show is great tonight and your discussion on depression the depression plague that is sweeping our country was on point. I've struggled with depression for years and can sadly say it's in large part due to a lack of purpose. Our country, our country hardly offers confidence in men as well as modern day culture and social media that largely contribute to oppressed masculinity. Uh, believe me, I do not hate women, but understand the distance and difficulty in relating with a large portion of them. By default, they harbor left-wing politics unless they have uh, intelligence above the majority. The economic situation gets worse, which undoubtedly discourages young couples from starting families. If I had to prescribe a a film, though, to a fellow loner, I would prescribe the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Those films have really helped me over the years. They are all about a commoner from a simple life pushing forward through a world being overwhelmed by evil. Only through an understanding of that evil through the character Gollum and the strength of a good friend in the form of Sam is the main protagonist, protagonist Frodo, able to overcome and defeat the world's evil. To add to the topic of nostalgia, I believe that private houses will be nostalgic for our future. The time when a family owns a private house with a backyard, a spacious driveway, a long and long-term commitments and renovations to a home. Hmm... That's interesting. I don't know why I didn't think about that, especially since private property is uh, has such a target on its back right now. That's a really great. That's a really great um, submission. So, what do you think about that? Lord of the Rings as a trilogy for those loners out there. See, there you go. There's a very specific type, someone who's looking for purpose or or anything like that. I like that. Uh, you can call in. On the general line, 
914-200-0269 for all those. Or you can send in Super Chats, Quite Frankly Podcast, uh, Quite Frankly Superchat.com. There's the Rumble Rants. There's the Gold Pills on QuiteFrankly.tv. Foxhole, Pilled. Um, so we're going to get around to all of these. Here's another one for you. Frank, you need to get, if you need to get out of a funk, watch the movie American Movie. It's a funny, real-life, down-to-earth documentary that you and your crew should try to air. It's about making a movie from script to screen, made by Mark Borchardt from Menemone Falls, Wisconsin. Check it out. Always Jenny. And I've never seen that, but I want to check it out now. And I'll tell you something else about this. Absolutely, as far as makings of movies or anything that is documentary-based, if it's behind the scenes, studying the people who have what you want is so important. I've talked about this before. Not to copy them. You'll never be able to copy anybody. Uh, You have to be yourself or it's just going to come off as fucking cringe. Uh, But there are other things to pick up on in, in, in studying people who have what you want. Their routines, their work ethic, their focus, their timing, their technique, things like that, very important. Uh, for, for example, I'm reading The Godfather right now uh, for book club, and I am thinking about how I can start killing people for money. We will see if I can get that started in 2024. But when I'm in a creative funk, especially um, I think it's behind the scenes stuff is really, really good. They are amazing, at least for me. Uh, for example, the Empire of Dreams, that's one of my favorite Star Wars behind the scenes, George Lucas and Star Wars, the making of, how it came from concept, the inspiration for it, uh, everything from negotiating the, the rights to the toys that nobody thought would be worth anything, and now, I mean, then you're just sitting on the biggest gold mine ever. Um, but how the movies were made, the reception, the opening nights, to see something go from a little idea to something that is monumental. And sometimes it doesn't take much for something to be a monumental achievement for anybody. You know, you don't, I don't want to talk about monumental respective um, to a, a person's lot in life. There's a lot. There's a lot that can happen that can enrich a person's life that doesn't mean that what comes along with it is just you know, fame where you can't walk down the streets without being recognized. That's not necessarily a, a good thing uh, at all. I used to think that that would be cool. I don't necessarily want that. Uh, but I do want to you know, ply my trade and be able to reach a really nice audience and have that audience continue to grow. And in many ways, I believe I, I have made it because I'm able to now continue to reinvest myself into this to go, take it to new levels. But there is no, there is no um, end. And whenever you feel like there's a funk, because especially if there's no end, there means that there always has to be something new, something fresh. And that can be daunting in itself, which you can't think about that. You just have to stay in the flow. And um, so Empire of Dreams, that's been big. Uh, on a musical level, there's a couple on a musical level. As far as a recording, a band in a recording session, there's been quite a few of these I've, I've watched, but I've not watched anything more uh, than a year and a half in the life of Metallica. That is when they were making the Black Album. That is such an... Imp- oh, I love that. I love that video. You can watch that on, on YouTube in full, I think. I should put that on the on the network over the weekend. But a year and a half in the life of Metallica, the Black Album, so that's like 1989, 1990, around there. 
And then watching someone like Stanley Kubrick make a film. There's a lot of behind the scenes with him making The Shining and other things on YouTube and elsewhere. I, you almost, in that point, when you watch something from start to finish, you almost share the person's victory in the end. When you see it go from a concept on a drawing board and being brought out into the into opening night, you know, in a movie theater or on a, a you know on that that first night on tour after you spent two years in a in a studio setting putting to, putting together an album. Uh, it, on a tour. Well, okay, there's another one for you. Behind the scenes documentary kind of a thing on a musical tour aspect, not the making of an album. Michael Jackson's This Is It. If you'd never seen This Is It, the last thing that, that, that they were working at before he died, it was the preparation for the tour that he never got to go on because he died shortly afterwards. Man, that's another one. Yeah, that's incredible. So you kind of live vicariously through people a little bit when you tap into movies like that and creations like that. But if it hits you right, at the end of the night, you say to yourself, man, what, what could I be doing right now? What should I be doing? And then suddenly you want to clean your house. You want to organize your office. You want to fold the clothes. You just want to make some changes. You want to prepare the battlefield a little bit. Uh, I mean, the company you keep, the company you keep is, um, it rubs off on you, you know? And when you don't have a lot of company that's in a mindset like that where they're, you know, not that they aren't loving people or fun to be around or whatever, but they are not necessarily inspiring creative activity, that if you are a person that is driven by that kind of a thing, you you have got to get that inspiration from somewhere and you've got to immerse yourself in it. That's why studying people, reading books about people who got what you want, watching documentaries, films, whatever it is, get the inspiration somewhere. So that's where I think film therapy really is something to um, to consider. All right, let's take a call. 917, you're on the air. Go ahead. Oh, my God. Hey, who's this? My name is Lara. Hi, La- <laughs> this is Lara. Lara. I was, just, I was like, oh, let, let me try to call. <laughs> I know, and it's just you and me now, Lara. There's a crazy delay because I'm watching the show and the <laughs> There's at least a fifteen to twenty, uh, fifteen to twenty second delay. That's why I always tell people, wow, yeah, when you call Amazing. in, just concentrate on the voice and forget about the stream because it's going to confuse the hell out of you. So, what's on your mind, Laura? Uh no, I just saw the the chat. Everybody talking about the movies, and I was talking about some of the movies that are my life movies, and one of them is uh, Never Ending Story. Oh. And somebody said, oh, I have to watch that as an adult. So I was wondering uh, if anyone did. <laughs> I did, and I had a feeling, so it was kind of funny. Uh, you know what? That movie, I, I think it was in 2000... It might have been 2021... I think it was in uh-huh. two, I think it was in 2021 that me, my buddy Rob, it was on a Thursday night. I got to go go check it out what it was, but we did a whole show on um on Neverending Story because there's just You're kidding. Oh yeah. And 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 that's when I had to say I I went and I rewatched it and I took notes and I you know pointing out things, the messages, uh the you know the, the different type of characters and the messages they take, the the symbolism of the nothing, um the the, the black pilling that's in there, the the, the Oh yeah. Oh my god. Wow. Where is that? Where can find it, I, I I'm going to go find that. that. I'm going to find that for you, but you are so right in suggesting that movie. 
it is uh, it it can be a little odd. And of course, you know, if you you watch it sober or if you watch it a little stoned, it, there, there's different there's different experiences with that too. But it takes you, it takes you to all the right places. It really does. It's very very deep. Amazing, amazing. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. That's so incredible. I never did this with the call and, and I just love it. Thank you so much. I really love your show. Well, thank you, Lara. Where are you from, by the way? New York. Oh, you I'm are. In New York. I'm in Brooklyn, in in Bushwick. Well, it's but great. I'm from Brazil. Great to have you on. Great to have you on. Hope it's the, the first of many times you call in. Thank you. No, it was just one call in that I got. Her. I was like, whoa, crazy. Thank you. Thank you so much. You got Bye. it. You got it. Now, see, now that she got it out of the way, she realizes there's nothing to it. You just call in. When the hell did I do that show? Quite frankly, uh, never-ending story. Let's see if that pops up. Let me see if that pops up anywhere. Hold on. Uh... No, quite frankly, the nothing. Was it the nothing? Hold on. I gotta find it. If somebody can please link me in the 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 um the gilded, that would be wonderful. If somebody in the gilded can can link me, that would be great. I know one of you guys will find it faster than I will. I think it's in two thousand twenty one. It's either 2021 or very late 2020, but I think it's 21. Let's take another call. 571, you're on the air. What do you got? Hey, hey, Frank. Uh, second time I'm calling in. It's Victor. Hey, Victor. Uh, hey, uh, I got two. They're a little off the grid, so I, <clears throat> I got a ton of favorite movies and documentaries, but a lot of people don't know about these. And the first one is called Muscle Shoals. I don't know if you've ever seen that. No, no, no. But um, but whatever whatever it is, remember you have to you have to say why you would prescribe it to a person to fix a certain thing or to to assist a person in a certain time in life. Not this is not just okay. a it's not just a favorite a favorite movie a night. This is a prescribing film therapy subject. All right. Well, I'll, then 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 that one is the big year. Um, it's it's with Black Jack. Uh, 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 Steve uh, Martin and uh, Owen Wilson, and it's a really good feel-good movie. If you're at a crossroad in your life, it's it's three guys, all different. Um, you know, one guy's trying to find, you know, get to retirement. One guy's is it obsessed with it, what they are is their their bird. Uh, uh, they go out and try to find as many species of bird they can in one year. Mm -hmm. It's like a, it's like a thing. <laughs> and there's three, it's three different guys. And then the other one is, is like a guy in his thirties doesn't really have uh, much going on in his career, but this is his passion. They are all three obsessed with it. So it, it, it's really a good feel good movie, especially for, for guys. But I mean, my, my daughter, my wife loved it too. So, um, it's, uh, it's, it's a sleeper. I, I ended up see, seeing it on a plane one time, and uh, not a lot of people know about it. It's a great movie. Well, those, a big those... year for for feeling good, and or if you're at a point in your life where you're uh, at one of those three points, yeah, uh, I would prescribe it for that. Well, thank you so much, That's Victor. Thank you, Victor. That's and you all know, I got. as far as those uh, as far as those plane movies go, sometimes they can really hit you. You're you're willing to do a lot of experimenting with movies when you're on a plane. Especially when you have to go cross country and you, you're looking at about five, five and a half hours, you're like, "All right, 
I'm going to need at least two movies right now, and I'm going to watch something I have not seen before. And, uh, yeah, that's a good time to discover things you, you, you never knew you'd like. Okay, so here's another thing I want to do. Now that we've planted the seed for film therapy calls, I want to bring something else into the, the, the fray here. And I'm, I'm setting up a special hotline for this one. We've got the Customs and Tradition Hotline. That is at 914-369-1236. And I wanted to talk, and we're going to get to all of your forum contributions in the second half, about strange customs. They don't have to be too strange per se, but since we are in, we are in the strange spooky time of year it's always a bonus to get anything that's uh fall halloween related so the weirder the better but i said tell us some customs and traditions that you've been a part of whether it be regional custom family custom a tradition among friends especially if it's fall halloween and holiday related the weirder the better but it doesn't matter if it's not weird we're going to see what everybody has and i got this um where it is oh here here you go I had a couple things I wanted to read through. Now I have a, um, I have two articles. One is from housebeautiful.com. Maybe some of you know about this. I have one for America and one for Europe. The eight weirdest fall festivals in America. Now I found a lot more than eight, but I thought that this list was actually kind of cool. The first one up is called Bridge Day. Bridge Day in Fayetteville, West Virginia. Has anybody ever been to this? It happens on October 5th. On October 15th, or at least it happened on October 15th, this uh, 2016 article. Maybe it happens every October 15th. But Bridge Day. The views may be stunning from the top of the New River Gorge Bridge, but participating in this festival is not for the faint of heart. Every year, base jumpers make the leap from the 800-plus-foot-high bridge. Repelling is also an option, proving that some of us were just born fearless. So that's it. In October, uh, people in West Virginia go and jump off of a giant bridge. 800-plus-foot-high bridge. Then you go to Banner Elk, North Carolina. Anybody from there? Woolly Worm Festival, October 15th and 16th. February has Groundhog. October has the Woolly Worm. That's right. Uh, this weather-predicting critter is part of the local lure. Apparently, the color of the black and brown worms' brown sections determine the severity of the upcoming winter. Every year, participants enter woolly worms in a race, and in the winning worm is the one who gets to predict the winter. The worm gets to predict the winter. So that's what goes on in North Carolina in Banner Elk around, no, around this time every year, at least according to this. Corgi Con... Ocean Beach, San Francisco, October 22nd, around there. That's what at least what happened in 2016. If you love corgis, that's the dog, you're in good company at this adorable one-day fest. Cute area pups will convene on the beach with many wearing delightful costumes. I don't know if this is possible anymore with everything going on in, uh, in San Francisco. I don't know if that's possible anymore. I don't know if any fun is possible in San Francisco at this point. I just have to close it up. Now, here's another one. Emma Crawford Coffin Race and Parade. Have you ever raced in a coffin before? Well, this is in Manitou Springs, Colorado. 
The quaint town of Manitou Springs had a bit of an incident back in 1929 when the coffin of Emma Crawford washed down a very steep mountain after years of stormy weather. Her remains were properly buried after the fact, but the unusual event inspired this yearly event decades later. Over 70 teams participate in the coffin race with each team having their own Emma. Can you... I mean, is the... um... Is the Emma Crawford estate okay with this? Who the hell is Emma Crawford? First of all, I guess I should have looked into that. But can you imagine being buried on a hill somewhere and after torrential rain, your your grave has essentially been uh, you know, excavated and you just slide on down the hill and you crash into somebody's front. I, I don't know. And then a couple of decades later, this becomes a town tradition where everybody slides down a hill in a coffin and pretend to be you. Wow. Now that, that's a, I was looking for submissions like this. We'll see what we got from the audience in a little bit. The Pennsylvania Bacon Fest, Easton, Pennsylvania. I know we got a lot of viewers from Pennsylvania. Have you ever been to Easton for the Bacon Fest? This is usually in early November. For those whose BLTs are really just all B, the Pennsylvania Bacon Fest is your heaven. For one shining weekend, you can indulge in all things bacon in a safe, judgment-free zone. Go hog wild. You know one person who would tell you, go and do that and love your life? Jay Gulinello. He'd say, yes, go eat that bacon. The world's largest disco, Buffalo, New York. I will not be going to this. I have not read it, but I'll tell you, I will never go to this. November 26th, so this is a little bit after Thanksgiving. Of all the places we'd expect to find a giant disco, Las Vegas? No, Buffalo didn't immediately come to mind, but every year the Buffalo Convention Center becomes Saturday Night Fever times a 1,000 for one night to benefit uh, Camp Good Days, a charity that improves the quality of life for children, adults, and families who live there. So there you go. Thousands of people, disco, bell-bottoms, doing their thing. Sequins. And then here's one last one for you, and then we're going to uh, we're going to move on to Europe. <laughs> the Wisconsin cow chip throw. You know what cow chip is, right? It's the cow chip throw and festival. This is in Wisconsin. A this quirky festival pays tribute. It's usually on early September, or at least it was in 2016. This quirky festival pays tribute to the humble cow chip, which is essentially a dried round of cow shit. That early settlers used to utilize as fuel. The most anticipated part of this event is the toss, which is exactly what it sounds like. Perhaps you'll get around to this idea one day by the time your next festival rolls around. And look at that. You can see all the uh, the discs of cow poop right there in the trailer. How many people have been um, part of a, a cow chip toss or anything of that nature where you're throwing something that you otherwise would not want to handle at all but has been deemed socially acceptable for the time like where is it somewhere and is it is it in europe is it in the uk or somewhere that they do the 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 cheese where they let the cheese roll downhill and you 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 roll down and try not to break all of your ankles all eight of them to go get the cheese you've seen those right i watch those with glee um yeah I, i guess there's the running of the bulls has anybody ever ran with the bulls before you sick bastard. 
I want to know all about that one. You can call in. You can call in the Strange Customs and Traditions hotline. Like I said before, is right here on the screen. Write it down because in the second half, this is going to be super relevant. 914-369-1236. 914-369-1236. And the general line for everything else, including making your um, your prescriptions for people with your film therapy, therapy practice, that's 914-200-0269. There you have it. Now, I've never been to a in a corn maze before. Um, I don't, I've done haunted houses. I can't remember the last time I was on a hayride, though I'd love to go on a hayride again. Maybe I can go find one of those. We do pumpkin carving. That's a tradition. That's a common one. In fact, I'd like to actually carve a pumpkin on air the last Saturday of this month. I can do it in here. Hopefully I can get some of my, uh, my, my friends to come by for that. But, um, oh, we had mischief night. I don't know if there's Mischief Night anymore. I don't think anything happens. Mischief Night around here used to just be toilet paper and shaving cream. Now it's like throat slashings and robbing Walmart. So do do, do kids still do Mischief Night around you? Soaping windows, eggs. That was a little bit more malicious eggs. That's when you knew somebody didn't like you. But um, the World Series. Hey, the World Series, no matter who is playing, the World Series is delightfully fall time custom. It's delightfully fall, delightfully autumn. I love that a lot. So those are just other examples, things that come to mind. Now, in the last couple of minutes before we go to break, let's go to Europe. Because as I said on Friday night, I'm going to bring a small booklet in just about Scotland that I have. And then maybe that will inspire some of our other callers abroad to come in. Or maybe submit some strange customs from abroad after tonight. So I'll have something to read on Friday. Think about that. Better than Halloween, the most unusual fall traditions around Europe. This is from Afar.com. And it was published. When was it published? In 2015. Austria, Germany, and Switzerland. Root goblins, carols, and hidden knives. For all Hallows' Eve, Austrians... Leave a light on all night as well as some bread and water for the dead. In Germany, kids carve Rubengeister, root monsters from beets or turnips to scare away bad spirits, and their parents put away knives before to go to bed before to keep the departed from harming themselves. There you go. Does anybody who watches this show in Austria and Germany and Switzerland, I know we have a few, I mean, Norbin Laden is in Switzerland, we have, a, I know of a couple of friends of ours from, from uh, Germany, and I have to imagine Austria, we have one or two. But do you guys and gals ever uh, indulge in that? Austrian, leave a light on all night. That's pretty, that's pretty, that's not that bad. Bread and water. I guess it's like milk and cookies. The dead get bread and water. Santa gets milk and cookies. I think the, the, the dead deserve the cookies. In Germany, kids carve Ruben Geister. Those are root monsters, beets and turnips to scare away bad spirits, and their parents put away knives before bed. They lock them up? So there you have it. Spain, Portugal, and Italy. Chestnut parties, skeletal suites, marriage proposals. Let's see here. I want to do this one. Uh, Bakers prepare unusual sweets around 
Spain and Italy from late October to early November. All around Spain, you can buy Huesos de Santo, cylindrical marzipan cookies filled with candied egg yolk said to resemble the bones of saints. While Sicilians make their own bony cookies. I'll give you a bony cookie. Uh, scented with cloves, delicate fava bean-shaped cakes called fava di mori, morti are ubiquitous throughout uh, Italy, and I, have, I would love to have one of those. In an interesting twist, in Rome and surrounding areas on November 2nd, young men hide rings in boxes of dead bean cakes, propose marriage, and depending on their luck, announce engagements. Further south in Sicily, children believe that if they are good and pray for the dead all year, the departed will bring them candy dolls. Again, is that still alive and well? That would be interesting. Ireland and UK, they've got fruitcakes, straw men, and fireworks. They didn't say anything about Scotland here, but I'm going to do an entire night on Scotland. Don't you worry. Uh, they got the Guy Fawkes night on November 5th. Remember, remember the 5th of November? Czech Republic, Poland, Slovakia, illuminated cemeteries, funerary art thieves, and meals with the dead. So much more. So much more. What kind of meals you having? Hopefully it's better than bread and water. Anyway, that's what we got set up for the second half. I hope you're a part of it because we're going to take your calls. We're going to read about your traditions on the thread and more. That is 914-200-0269 or the special customs hotline is 914-369-1236. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. We will be right back. It's intermission time, folks. Time out to press the like button. Thank you. Welcome to Intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Yeah, Intermission. Quite frankly. 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 Quite frankly, how dare you? 
I just got a text message. Um, this is from Abe. Abe Sinclair said that Cody, Chode Man, Cody says that he would recommend Magic Mike for anyone suffering from erectile dysfunction. So if you're having a problem, uh, Cody says that if you just you throw Magic Mike up there, uh, the, the juices are going to start flowing again. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Okay, now here's a tradition for you before I get into the super chats. And I I still hold on, let me see. Uh did anybody did anybody find the the never ending story episode? No, I haven't been tagged in anything. Here's a, a really interesting, funny thing. I found this post and I saved it for a night like tonight. I forget where this is from. It might be on Reddit from back in the day or... Anyway, listen to this. I, a 37-year-old male, live with my wife, a 37-year-old female, and my son and daughter, 9 and 11, respectively. Recently, there has been this kid who comes by our house after playing soccer and either rides his bike or walks over the lawn with his cleats on his way home. It started out as me giving him stern looks whenever I saw him, then it slowly progressed to me asking him to just go around. The last time I asked him to stop, he made a point to stomp extra hard and twist his feet into the grass to piss me off. Since then, since then I've just been hosing him. The first time I sprayed him with the hose, he ran off, but then for some reason he just started standing there while I hose him. Like he enjoys it. Now it's progressed to me sitting on my lawn chair, pointing my hose at him, and him just staring at me while he <laughs> at him and him just staring at me while he does so. Sometimes we even make small talk. I'm not gonna lie, it started off as a really bitter relationship, but I've actually gotten to know the kid quite well. We talk for maybe fifteen to twenty minutes every day, and he doesn't seem to mind being <laughs> Being hosed down after sweating <laughs> sweating hard playing soccer. He comes by daily and we just shoot the shit while I, I hose him and he stands there for a bit. My wife told me I need to stop. Even after I explained to her that I explained it to her, she said I'm making us look like childish idiots. I guess I could stop, but honestly, it's really funny waiting for him to come by and I just see no harm in it. Uh, would I be the asshole? So there, there is a, there's a tradition that has started someone. <laughs> oh my gosh. If I were driving down a street and I saw a guy in a lawn chair with a hose sitting there while a kid in soccer, in a soccer uniform is just standing on the front part of his lawn, willingly taking the water while they have small talk every day, man, that, that is, uh. That's incredible. So I, I had to do that tonight because it does. I think that does qualify as a custom or at least a short-term tradition. All right, over on QuiteFrankLySuperChat.com. Let's see here. Um, Quite frankly, Super Chat. Ken McNeil. Oh, it's good to hear from Ken again. Ken says, hey, Frank, therapy movies? 
Shawshank Redemption, Ben-Hur, Spartacus, and Terms of Endearment. Yes, Terms of Endearment. Shawshank Redemption, I'm with you on that. Last time I, I actually watched Shawshank Redemption again for the first time in a long time when I was sick with whatever COVID was in April of 2022. That was one of those movies. I watched a lot of movies over those couple of days. Ben-Hur. We had Ben-Hur. We played that. We played Ben-Hur over the... Um, over the spring during our Easter programming. I love that. That was Jesus of Nazareth, Ben-Hur, and The Robe. One, I watched almost all of it. You know, because Jesus of Nazareth is, is long. It's a miniseries. So it's hours and hours. Um, but, man, I really, really enjoyed our Easter programming on QuiteFrankly.tv this past Easter. I can't wait for Easter again. I've been loving Easter more and more. More and more. It's almost as exciting as Christmas to me now which I love because after Christmas, it's only a couple of short months until Easter. So that's that's great. Um, let's see here, Shotzi says, hey Frank, Pat was absolutely correct. Tuning into Quite Frankly every evening is like coming home and hanging out with family. We Franklies are fortunate to have you. Well, I you. And I got a lot of interesting things. I gotta say, I'm, I'm doing a lot of, I'm, a, I'm about to embark on a lot of things to really shore up this this show as an independent entity and investing in the future and I can't wait to share it with you all I'll be able to talk to you about it over the course of the next maybe week or so um, nothing too drastic nothing too drastic as always the show on Monday through Friday is always going to be accessible to all never behind a paywall never pay-per-view it's always going to be just press play and watch but uh, we're going to try try a few new things and and I'm really excited and for those of you who feel this way about what we're doing here I know that there are millions more like you out there and it's a matter of how we find them and the and the route we take to them and what we do to really create value for those of you who are already here and I know that if you feel that way then I mean that it's gonna then everything that we're about to start doing is gonna be really easy for you, and I can't wait for that. Stostube says Hump Day is among us. Be well, Frank and the Franklies. Hump Day is among us, no doubt. All right, over there on Rumble, let's go to some Rumble rants. Let's see here. We got one from Cody117 says, I like to watch Pursuit of Happiness anytime I feel like my life sucks. That dude went through hell. That is a great movie. I saw that movie in the in the theater. And you're you are right. That's another one. That's another one of those movies, those stories. Because really remember, storytelling is immensely important. That's why it cannot be abandoned. It needs to be embraced. It needs to be grabbed and what needs to be seized upon. Gotta have uh, John Paul Rice back on the show and talk about this stuff. But um, Pursuit of Happiness, that's one of those stories that really reminds you that everything that you think, the only things that you can see on your radar of possibilities that can happen to you is so limited. It's so limited. And that the real possibilities are endless. And sometimes you can't see them until they're right up on you. And you just have always have to be ready. You always have to keep your dignity intact. And your honor and just be ready you have to be ready 
When the door knocks, you got to answer it because it may be the only time the door is knocked on. Um, let's see here. On Free Dub says, I got a movie for you, Frank. Mr. Nobody. I think it'd be good for someone facing mortality, maybe an important life decision or just remembering or reminiscing about what could have been a great movie. Mr. Nobody. I haven't seen it. But I'll, I'll be able to write this one down. Jay Semo says, uh, that hoser, that hoser should just set up a sprinkler. Uh, another great show. I love Black Hawk Down. The two soldiers who give up their lives to protect their fellows is awesome to contemplate. Yeah, you get a lot of that. Saving Private Ryan gives you quite a bit to think about, too. It really does. You want to talk about empathizing. Uh, there are plenty of you You empathize with every character in Saving Private Ryan. Um, I mean, there's just, uh, there's so much. There's so much. Um, I miss times Tom Sizemore being on top of everything. I know Tom Sizemore had a really rough life and he lived rough and he, and he died, uh, young and all that stuff. But when he was active, especially in the nineties, man, he, he, he made some great movies and he was awesome in that um you know the other one who the hell is the other um what's his name Rabisi Rabisi Gio Giovanni Rabisi his character um Wade that kills you obviously how that character the end he comes to and especially the night before, with the, you can hear the bombs going on in the background. They found a, a safe place to camp out for the evening. And he talks about memories of his mother going, you know, having to, to be at work and working late and coming home when he was already asleep. And, and, and going into this, getting into this habit of pretending to be sleeping whenever he knew that she was just checking on him at the door of his bedroom and probably would have loved to have had a conversation with him being that, you know, she was away at work all night and missed him and all that. And it's one of those things where you you really relate to that, where you're not, you don't, obviously you love the, you love people in your life, but sometimes you're just compelled to avoid people or to not want to be seen and, and, um, and and for him for that character to be contemplating that the night before he died um and then you know as he's dying calling out for his mother oh it gets you i haven't seen that movie in great many years obviously i don't need to see it i can replay every every, every scene in my um in my head and it has just the same effect but one day aurora is going to have to see it if she wants to i guess if she ever has a brother, he's definitely going to have to watch it. That's more important than anything. But uh, I'm sure she's going to be... She was sitting down next to me yesterday. I was watching a little bit more of The Godfather. Um, and she just laying next to me on the couch for a couple of minutes as I had a, a little snack. And, and she's just watching. And it's just dialogue, too. She's watching. She's asking questions about the characters. Three years old, asking about, you know, scenes between Michael... And Vito in the garden as Vito is prepping Michael about what is going to happen with the uh, 
with the meeting. Whoever comes to you about this meeting with Barzini, he's the traitor. Remember that. And Aurora's asking, is, you know, is, is, is the man feeling okay about Don Vito? Seeing that he's looking a little haggard. Is he feel good? He feel good? I said, he's, he's all right. He's a little, he's a little tired. He's recovering, you know, he's a little old and that's his son and she's asking that stuff. I know she's going to want to know. I had to turn it off right around the baptism scene, obviously. She can't see uh, Tatalia get uh, gunned down with his whore in bed. <laughs> that's, that's, that's Don Tatalia. Yeah, and that is his prostitute and he's getting just laid to waste. Yeah, just just completely riddled with bullets in bed with his whore. You know what a whore is, Aurora? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> That's how the day went yesterday. Uh, in a parallel universe, of course. Anyway, okay, where do we where do we leave off? We're gonna take some calls. <laughs> Let's see. One, two, three. Jay Brits. Hey, Frank, regarding the submission of the hosing of the soccer player kid, the adult male is not only getting his lawn watered, but the kid with the cleats is also aerating the grass. Sounds like a win. It sounds like a win if this is happening in March. I know that you aerate the, the grass usually in the beginning part of spring, no? Or do you aerate other times of the, of the year? Maybe it's, I mean, maybe it doesn't hurt. Maybe it doesn't hurt. All right, here we go. 914. Oh, wait. Here's one for you, and I'm going to leave the lines open. 914-200-0269. Also, let's go to uh, customs. I'm going to leave over the, the, the customs line because I want to see about that. But as far as the, the movies go, John Carroll just dropped this inside of the Quite Frankly Telegram right now. That's why I love that he's really controlling much of the Telegram at this point because it's staying consistent. It's staying relevant. It's, it's, it's really, really enriching stuff. But he dropped this this small um, dialogue between Atreyu and Gmork from Neverending Story. It's at the end, and we talked about it. Rob and I talked about this when we were, we were discussing this on the show back in the day. But here it is. Take a look at this, as you can see. As an adult, as an adult, you, you listen to this scene, and it makes so much more sense. Than, uh, than anything that you could have conceived of when you were a child. So there's Gamork. He's in the cave. It's the, he's about to lash out at uh, Atreyu. They have this, this face off right here. He's in the cave. You just see his green glowing eyes. It's very, very eerie, but there they are facing each other. And Gmork said, foolish boy, don't you know anything about Fantasia? It's the world of human fantasy. Every part, every creature of it. It's a piece of the dreams and hopes of mankind. Therefore, it has no boundaries. Atreo says, but why is Fantasia dying then? Because remember, it was just all falling away. The nothing, the nothing was just, was, was consuming the entirety of the land. And Gmork says, because people have begun to lose their hopes and forget their dreams. So the nothing grows stronger. Atreo says, what is the nothing? And Gmork says, it's the emptiness that's left. It's like a despair destroying this world. And I have been trying to help it. And Atreyu says, but why? And Gmork says, because people who have no hopes are easy to control. And whoever has control has the power. 
that I mean that, that's a thumbnail sketch of what is buried inside of that movie. Now you think about what we talked about last night and depression and the consuming of pharmaceuticals and the Boy Scouts and and what kind of a future are you giving? What kind of a mandate are you giving? What kind of dreams are you stoking? What kind of imagination are you inspiring? And then you think about what is being taken away, what is being told, don't do that, you know, how how isolated people are becoming. Uh, It's the nothing. It's the nothing. And why would anybody want that to proliferate around the world? Because the more people who slip into despair and lose their hope, they are controlled. And uh, whoever has the control has the power. So go ahead and check that out over the weekend. You know. You won't. You won't be sorry. Okay. Uh, The customs hotline is on. Everything else is coming in. And I'm going to read a little bit from the thread that we have over here. First one up is from Katie Skye. She says, this isn't a strange custom, but it was a cute Halloween tradition that my mom and I had. Every year, she would deck out the walkway up our house with ghouls and spider webs to make it a haunted walkway. She dressed up from head to toe in ghoul garb, and she was unrecognizable. It was always a neighborhood hit, but there were always groups of teenagers that would make a show about how not scared they were. I know. I know. It's, it, 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 and that's cringe in itself. That's cringe in itself. You know why? Because it's that middle. It's that middle time. It's that transition in your life where you're you're hot shit and you think you're coming into your own. And here is what someone like Katie's mom, who grew past that and rediscovered childhood, childhood fun again. You know, uh, and of course, some people never get out of that assholeish teenage mindset and soften up a, a little bit more and open up and invite goodness back in. They become liberals. Um, Here we go. Uh, So every year, as the sun would go down, and we see the kids start to come out from the door to door, we'd always keep a lookout for the first group of teenagers to approach the house. My mom would sit still with her chair the doorway, and I'd go to the light uh, light the jack-o'-lantern at the beginning of the walkway. Just as they arrived, I'd say, hey, the candy's over there. Uh, on on the dummy by the door, go grab some. And when they would, my mom would ever so gently reach out and grab their hands. It scared the daylights out of them every time. There you go. That's good. That's good. Turn them back into conservatives again. All right, let's take a call. On the customs hotline, it's King. King, what do you got for us as a customer or a tradition? Hello? Hey. Hey, I'm calling the Tradition Hotline yes. over there. Yes. Yes. Say I'm following, like, the rules. I can't I'm wait. Them back. I love it. I, I, I might be back on now. I don't know what the hell happened. I don't know what the hell happened. I was just talking to King. King was just, I actually just hung up the phone. Let me see. Let's go back to this. Wait a second. I, I I might be back on now. All right, good. At least with YouTube, it picked up where I left off. I'm going to lose the Rumble stream. Whatever. I'm going to lose Rockfin. And Foxhole will just start overwriting 
everything. So that'll that'll be a that'll be a lost episode over there too. But at least I have YouTube and Twitter picks back up and D Live. You guys are seeing it. Twitch, you guys are seeing it. Very weird. I don't know what happened over here. I froze up, and it's one thing to have my webcam freeze. That's happened to me before, as you all know. I've had to switch over to the alternate uh, camera angles, and I get rid of the frozen one. But it wasn't just the webcam that froze. Everything froze, and I saw that the the bit rate across all the platforms that I was I was live on disappeared, just gone. So that was very odd. That was um. So I don't know. It was a good call with King. It was a good call with King. Uh, pretty much what he was saying off air was, I really got to see um, Paradise Alley with Sylvester Stallone. It's the the poster I have over here, which came from King. I've been looking at that poster. And I still have not watched the movie. But it fits wonderfully there. And, of course, he's, he contributed to the, uh, the wall, so I had to put it up. And it really works well. So I got to watch Paradise Alley and complete the... Uh, completed all let's take another call on the customs hotline from john otter what's going on john hey young man i hope you have the holiest of seasons thank you um um i have a really weird custom uh, great with the films um stalag 17 are you familiar with that film no with with william holden it's uh like what uh hogan's heroes was based off of but it it was a play first, and I've seen the play on film like twice. But the the movie is something that every year is something that uh, I really uh, get into. And uh, and you brought up uh, dignity and honor and being ready for when the the door is knocked. And then you you and this is so synchronous. You brought up the idea of the uh, nothing rolling in. Mm-hmm. And um, the Stalag 17 is a, uh, a movie of despair, but overcoming. And William Holden, you know, he gets his ass kicked through it, and you see torture and tragedy and people feeling trapped, but they never lost the, the light. You know, mm. and and it's set during Christmas season, and the songs in it when Johnny comes marching home again, hurrah, hurrah, and um, you know, there are things like the letters home, and there's there's no hope for these gentlemen, but they had hope, and you know I hate hope because it's it's just like fear, it's just based on uh, something that you just relegate to the ether instead of embracing power and strength. And, you know, I'm, I'm picking that stuff up from Tracy beans lately is embracing power and strength of within. And that's what that movie is to me in this season, you know? Um, and it is a Christmas movie to me. So it, it's kind of weird, but um, well, well, the way that, the way that you describe it, uh, I, I totally get the message. And I, I, I vibe with that. I can, I can see, I can see exactly. You paint a very, very vivid picture. And you know, when it comes to hope, I don't. Um, it's always good to have, you know, to have an outlook of. It's, it's what to be prepared for the worst. Yeah, you know that you're going to be able to handle whatever the hell it is. 
Um, there's only so many bad things that can happen to a person on on this this uh, this world, and agony and death are really the worst of them. Because it's either you are the one dying, or someone you love is dying, and you're lo- it's that loss. But what is on the other side? What is on the other side of that experience? I think most people who have the the greatest hope in the world, it's it's more so. I would say that sometimes hope is is miscategorized. That it, it doesn't. It's not necessarily that you're you're hoping for a, a new end. You know that one way or another, even if we live the happiest of lives, I mean, it's all going to come to an end. And the real the real thing is whether or not you have you have that resonant internal knowing that this is one stop on an eternal ride for our soul, our consciousness. And that is something that I think is not a a, a foolish thing to hold on to. Um, perhaps there are, but there there is, of course, instances where people completely delude themselves as to how a how a a situation can can turn out. And if you are not being realistic about the chances of failure and injury and death or whatever the hell it is, then that that's something that I I guess that's on you, but. Hope? I don't know. Yeah. I think sometimes... Well, you know, it's just being worthy of the gift when it arrives. You know, yeah. you might not have any control over what comes towards you, but if you, you know, build yourself as uh, someone that, you know, if the hope and the fear are, you know, if you've controlled that within you know, then uh, you're good to go. And that, that movie, Stalag 17, is just a, a hell of a movie. I, I recommend it to everybody this season. Well, John, I, I'm, glad you, uh, I'm glad you shared that. Thank you so much. Be well, brother. Take care. Take care. Ooh. Killing that hope. Um, leaving somebody with the spirit to be able to flatten them out spiritually, psychologically, and, and break them. Then there is... Uh, that's the real victory for for some people, because then there comes the control. That's that. But even that's why people in the most hopeless of situations, where you say the most hopeless of you know situations, where you are you're down and out, you have no real prospects, maybe you're not in good health or health or something like that, but you haven't been beaten, you haven't been broken, because whether you're in good health or bad health, eventually again all of it is going to come to an end one day. At the end of the day, the king and the pawn go back in the same box. So it's really about, are, are you taking strides? Are you walking through your life? Are you walking through life knowing that this is just one stop? That's one stop along the way regardless. That's one way that can, that'll give you some levity in even the most uh, dark situations, though, you know, scary they may be. All right, let's go to our thread again. This is from Sarah Max. Said, Frank, it's Cajun Lady Sarah here. So my dad won a costume contest one year in the late 1980s as Beetlejuice. So every year after that, if he was home and not uh, not on deployment, he and mom (coughs) would put the movie on and we would all watch the movie and watch her help him do the Beetlejuice makeup. Simply hearing the intro music of Beetlejuice brings me immediately back to being a child. Uh, even when he retired from the army and went to work uh, as a JROTC teacher, 
He would dress up as Beetlejuice and win the contest at the school, too. He is well known for his Beetlejuice costume. Some photos are attached. Oh, nice. I get to wait to see it. Another fall tradition is the Star Wars and or Back to the Future Marathon. My birthday is November 28th, so it usually falls on or around Thanksgiving. And usually at that time of year, either Star Wars or Back to the Future is playing on regular television. Both my faves, and I have great memories of being all together with family during the holidays and hearing the movies in the other room, playing while cooking, and then sneaking in time to sit and watch a few minutes while something cooked in the oven. Uh, after eating our meal, we would sit together and watch the movies that were on and just sit there and quote the quotable moments and laugh. It's the same thing around Christmas time, too, because of uh, one of the movies is usually on television. So the Star Wars and Back to the Future marathons are film therapy for me, as well as a tradition. That's that's wonderful. That also goes into the nostalgia. You know, that's um, what will children be nostalgic of? I mean, you're describing a time when uh, these these television marathons they were a, a lot of a lot of people have to sit around and 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 don't miss them because very rarely are they on now there's 10,000 channels everything's DVR everything's on demand you can jack whatever kind of movie you want all over the place you can also go buy the VHSs back then but still it was a lot more of a special occasion that you wanted to sit there hey it's on Star Wars I love both of those those uh, sets of movies too I was going to say those trilogies, but Back to the Future 3, it's not a bad film. It's not a bad film, uh, but I I think I can count on one hand, less than two hands, how many times I've watched it all the way through in my life. Uh, Back to the Future 1 is just incredible. It really is. You, you, you can't nitpick the, the time travel loopholes, and you can't nitpick. That's the only thing. Uh, you can create all types of paradox, paradoxical uh, moments and shit like that. You you can't nick pit. You just have to give yourself over to the the movie. Um, but let me see some of these these pictures here. Hold on. Oh, hold on. Where the hell's my screen capture? Everything got reset. There you go. Here's Cajun ladies. Uh, oh, is that is that little Cajun lady? <laughs> he spent a lot of time with Beetlejuice. Well, that's just terrific. That's <laughs> just terrific. Got the, the the green rot at the bottom right-hand corner of the face. There you go. Playing Uno. Don't mess with him. Thank you for that. That's fantastic. Checks off a few boxes. All right, Shane B. says, When I was a kid, I used to trick-or-treat just by walking in people's houses instead of knocking. Couldn't gay with... Get, couldn't get... Couldn't gay. Couldn't get away with that now today. People lock their doors. You just walk in? I hope you knew the neighbors. Just walking into this guy's house. I'm not even going to take candy. I'm going to take a banana. Either that, I'm going to go through the kitchen. A couple of slices of roast beef. <laughs> That's something else. <laughs> That's something for you. Uh, all right, let's take a really quick break. When we come back, more of your calls. The 
right now we uh, can't uh, see much of anything and frankly this is what we can show you on television right now because of uh, military restrictions from both the uh, Saudis and uh, the US. Uh, CD, if you need to take cover, I notice uh, that you've got your gas mask in your hands. If you need to put it on, we, we please have, do so. If you need to take cover, have, please do so. Uh, I'd say. <laughs> Charles Jaco, CNN, reporting live from Saudi Arabia. Oh, I love this country so much. Standing down now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go get my hamburger and my coffee. Good, we just got you all clear. All clear. Howdy friend, you looking for a message board? Go to quitefrankly.tv and enter the forum. Engage with official show topic threads or start your own thread. Get signed up that easy and it's not reddit so don't sweat it for the forum and then so much more it's quite frankly dot tv yeehaw mr gosi i i know you're very busy but um can i have your autograph certainly you know which movie of yours i love mr lugosi the invisible ray you were great as Karloff's sidekick Karloff, sidekick, fuck you! Karloff does not deserve to smell my shit. That limey cocksucker can rot in hell for all I care. What happened? How dare that asshole bring up Karloff? You think it takes talent to play Frankenstein? It's all on makeup and then grunting. Bella, I agree 100%. Now, Dracula, that's a role that requires talent. Of course! Dracula requires presence. It, it's all in the eyes and the voice and the head. That's right. That's right. You seem a little agitated. You want to go outside and get some air? Bullshit! I'm ready now. Roll the camera! Okay, let us see, we'll take a call, 914-200-0269, there's also 914-369-1236, that is the Customs and Traditions hotline. So let's take a, uh, a call on the general line, what's going on, Albert, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing fantastic. Good. Enjoy your trip. My trip where? Into the into the uh, the abyss over here. <laughs> I felt that the, the nothing. Yeah, the the nothing claimed me for a few minutes there. Yeah, I actually that's I, I wanted to call in and dovetail off of I don't I don't remember that chick's name, but she was that what what a, what a great what a great movie and what I wanted to dovetail on what she said a little bit because that movie also has the best line ever spoken out of any movie that I, that I'm aware of. You, what was the, I don't know the, the one kid's name, but Atreyu was the other kid, if I'm not mistaken. Remember when they were talking and, uh, he asked Atreyu, what was his greatest wish? Mm -hmm. 
you remember what that what he said? You remember the answer? Uh, no, it's actually escaping me right now. He said to die well. Oh no, I, I did not. I would not have remembered that to die well. Yeah, I remembered it. I watched it when when the kids were little, and I was just that just stuck with me. But anyways, I also wanted to. Uh, talk about the nostalgia or, or whatever. Do you think maybe like when you're old and whatnot, you might feel nostalgic about like when we first watched The Matrix <laughs> and we thought it was fake? <laughs> uh, oh, I don't know. I, that's a good question. I mean, some things might just. Uh, I think some things just start taking on new meaning. Some things become more important than you ever thought they ever were. Um, uh, you know, and then other things just whatever um right yeah. i got a quick question for you too yeah. out of any just out of curiosity out of any of the characters in the matrix have you ever identified with one of them no no oh well no, uh, not, um <sighs> identified with one of them i don't know i no. well check this out I, at first, everyone wants to identify as Neo, right? Oh, he's uh, this and that. And then I don't know if you saw those Mr. Smith things that they did afterwards, you know. And I started thinking like, like maybe I'm Mr. Smith. But after after I pondered it for a lot for a long time, who who do you think I was? You? I think I know. Yeah. I don't know, Cipher. Give me a break, dude. Um, you, where it just it, like, it just becomes too much. It just becomes too much, and you're just like, you know what? Ignorance is bliss. Just make me a rock star, please. No, no. I think I'm the cat. <laughs> you, you're you're the uh, you're the glitch. <laughs> I, I can I can see that. <laughs> I can see that. I'm the black cat. <laughs> This is how you know you're fucked. <laughs> That's it. Oh yeah. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Um, there's nothing more. They really do. I think in the Matrix, the one thing that they really get right is how much of a slog um, living in reality and getting deeper and deeper into the weeds, finding out just how glum reality is outside of the movie that you were in for so long where you go from the imaginary stakes and you go from the women in the red dresses and then all of a sudden you are in a uh, a, a submarine somewhere getting hunted by robots and you're eating like oatmeal slop instead you know it's just uh, right but at, but at the same time that trade-off is fine at least to a degree you know, for some people like Cypher, like I said, he was, you know, he, he flipped, but everybody else knew that there was a greater mission. And, and so right. that life well, that's was all right. Freedom. Yeah. That's, that's freedom. That that's freedom. And it ain't much. It's, it's no different than uh, the Mythosiphorus, right? Rolling the rock up the hill. But he, what did he say? People are like, why do you do this all the time? He's like, cause it's my life and I'm living it. So, I mean, there's something to be said with that. And, um, Oh man, I wanted to hit something else too, but it it escapes me. Anyways, glad to have you back. And actually, I was glad that you left for a couple of days because um, it, it let me get some shit done, man. <laughs> I, well, 
<laughs> well, hey, I mean, just keep, you, you know, you, you can always just put me in your uh, your earbuds or put me in your back yeah, pocket. That's, yeah, that's no fun. You know, we got we got we got to hang out, dude. It's, it's been a minute. And, You're right. You know, it is what it is. What it is. But yeah, the Matrix. Oh yeah, that's. I remember what I wanted to say now. You know, you want to hear something even scarier than that? What, what you just described? What is in? If you remember the slog of the everyday when he's doing it and and everything, they didn't have digital ID in that movie, buddy. Hmm. You're right. You're right. So. Anyway, that, that was my parting gift. <laughs> well, I'm glad you got All through. Right, man, I'm gonna get back to it. Okay, take Love care. Yeah, go Bye-bye. go clean. Go clean the house. Don't let me don't let me get in the way of you not getting anything done. I know he's just joking. I know he's just joking. But uh good stuff. This is a good one tonight. I knew it would be. Here's one from AT. AT oh, and let me also say this. Please, ladies and gentlemen, go and join the Discord. Okay? I mean not the Discord. The, we have been uh, kicked out of Discord. They can go screw their commie asses. Gilded. Uh, we have a really, really nice crowd over there. We're cry- climbing towards 600 people. It's been a little bit harder to get people to come over there as opposed to, you know, the four years we spent building up Discord to the thousands that we had over there. But I'll tell you, it's a really, really nice environment. And it's been pretty stable and everybody's very well behaved. And I think that this is going to be a very important place for notifications, especially when, quite frankly, TV uh, programming changes, when there's big uh, announcements. There's a lot of great things that have been going on over there. And I'd, uh, I'd just like to see a lot more people making their way over there. It's a great way of, of chatting especially in real time. If there's breaking news, there's always audience members there hanging out. And it's, it's really good. Those links can be found in the description below. The Gilded Invite is on the About page on quitefrankly.tv. Just, you know, click around. You'll find it. I posted it in several places, but still get over there. Be a part of it. AT is over on, on, on Gilded. That's why it comes to mind. Anyway, AT says, Dankly, my Frank had it. My Frank. My family. Dankly. Oh, it's, my mind's all messed up tonight. My Family had a tradition for years, but it fizzled out, thankfully, before my generation. Being from a farming family, everyone was raised around cattle. A tradition was to fill a manure spreader with cow shit and some hay. We used to often have large family gatherings over the summer and family reunions. One of the farmers would show up with the manure spreader ready, and everyone knew it was time for a marinade, which our families made up a name for. It's called Mary Parade. Mary Parade. Any new married couple got thrown into the shit spreader while everyone else would get into their cars and follow the tractor around our town and village honking at uh, slow speed. It was meant to symbolize that if you can make it through that shit, the rest of the marriage will be blessed. To be honest, everyone who uh, it was done to always stayed married. I can remember riding in a car, honking and parading many cousins around. Thankfully, that tradition hasn't been done since my generation started getting married. Yet, what's the divorce rate like, A.T.? Okay? I rest my case. So, start putting people in shit, shit parades again, please, because we're, we're screwed. We are screwed. 
All right, 914-200-0269. Only a couple of more minutes left of this one, but I've uh, I have had a good time. I'll save all the rest of my notes for another day. Tomorrow's going to be good. That'll be a self-contained unit. Over on pill.net, foxhole, nestled there, cozy, on quitefrankly.tv. C. Blanche, thank you. Sean uh, or Robert Sarns, thank you. Witchy Poo, with gold pills, enough gold pills to make anybody blush. Thank you, Bacon Slut. Dixie Six says, Overboard and Tombstone are my go-to therapy films. Tombstone's good. That was one of the, the la- I think that was the last movie night that Lauren and I had together as a couple before Aurora was born. Uh, Q shook me all night long, says God bless everyone. Spicy Chemist says the movie I have been feeling the most relevant to with the world is Falling Down. Oh, yeah. I think Falling Down uh, appears on, on quite frankly, TV once every couple of years now, it seems. Fan favorite. Paulie9363 said, King called in and boom, YouTube down. It wasn't just YouTube. It was literally everything. But I'm not going to blame King. I won't do it. I just won't do it. Thank you, Jay Brewskies. Thank you, C. Blanche. Thank you all. Really, really wonderful of you. I'm going to go and release the scratching. Where the hell are we at? There we go takes a little while because you know this is only a three thousand dollar computer and it uh, it needs time um, needs time to load basic web pages you know it just needs time just needs time give it time ladies and gentlemen all right let's go over here we already did free dubs and from jay simo thank you everybody on the rumble end and i think that is it that is all so what did you learn tonight I think we have got a lot of great movie stuff in. We got a lot on the traditions end. That's not going to stop completely as I'm going to read through some interesting things of an old book that I have at home. That'll be on Friday night when Matt is here. And tomorrow we're going to change the uh, change the uh, the page, turn it, and get into another hot topic. Another very hot topic, which has a little bit of a witchcrafty, witchy element to it here in the spooky month of October. So I hope you enjoyed tonight. And I hope you'll enjoy tomorrow. Get over to quitefrankly.tv. Make sure you hang out in the after hours. Get into that chat room. Uh, When you go into that chat room, you get prompted to register for pill.net. It's very easy. All you need is to make a screen name, provide an email address, and boom. You are right there in the place where this is just uh, It's going to be the main, main gig. It's going to be the main place for all things into the future. And we got to fortify ourselves going into 2024 and just get smart about how we grow and how we preserve what we already have. So I hope you all join us on quitefrankly.tv. Set your own notifications for 7 o'clock so you know where you're going to be. Hanging out with all of us. And thank you so much. That's it. Hump day is done. Have a good night. Goodbye. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience, and now our super chatters, starting with Jay Britz, Ken McNeil, Shotzi, Stostube, all of our friends on the Rumble Rants, and all of our friends on Pill.net. Thank you, guys and gals, for sponsoring me tonight. 
And thank you for everybody who sponsors me every night of the week by becoming a monthly sponsor. You can do that on Patreon, Subscribestar, right there through Foxhole with the subscriptions, or through quitefrankly.tv, the Squarespace. So go to sponsor us on quitefrankly.tv and become a sponsor of the show. You are the lifeblood of everything here. I appreciate you. And thank you, Pat and Gina, for stopping by. Talk to you soon.